Well, greetings, everybody, and welcome to Krig's blog. <laughs> I appreciate you guys stopping by for the literature review for the tech class. Uh, the literature that I read was an article by two chemistry teachers in Colorado. Uh, these guys took the idea of podcasting and not only implemented it into their class, but made it a huge part of their curriculum. Let me sort of explain how these guys did it. They, uh, for podcasting, as you guys know, is a uh, digital recording of of audio, your voice, soundbite, music, what have you, and uh, produced online to be able to be accessed online anywhere over the world. Uh, now, these things can be, you know, pretty pretty simple. They can just be words and, and sound and whatnot, but you can also get a little more advanced with it, which is what these guys did. They were able to add video to their podcast, and that's what they call, I guess, vodcast, right? Video, podcast, vodcast, sure. And so what these guys did was they vodcasted their lectures, their chemistry instruction. And what they did was they recorded themselves giving these lessons and then made those videos accessible online. And not just in a supplemental way either. They made it as part of their curriculum. Here's the idea. So if you're a teacher, or excuse me, if you're a student in their class and you've got chemistry class tomorrow, my homework for tonight is to go onto the web find these videos and watch them giving their lecture time or giving their presentation. So when I come into class the next day, I would have already gotten that new information, those new concepts. And during my class, it's more time spent for hands-on activities, more time spent for that interactive type of lesson and type of engagement that, you know, the students really need to learn from. I mean, a great idea. And their idea was to essentially swap the homework. So instead of a student being at home, working on an assignment, struggling through, the teacher's not there to help them out, now they're working on those assignments in class because they don't have to get the instruction anymore. And if they are struggling with the assignment, a teacher's right there to kind of help them with that. You know, they were able to add a half hour to 45 minutes each class of activities instead of instructional time. Which, you know, is, is, is huge. As teachers, we've all been there. Our lectures or presentations, we're standing up at the front of the class with our PowerPoint. Those run long. Kids have questions. Now, all of a sudden, you want to get to the good stuff, the fun activities. But they can sometimes be sacrificed because there's only so much time in the day. And you need them to get their uh, new concepts in and, and down. So I, I, I like where these guys were going by freeing up more uh, hands-on time in class, and they were saying it also provided more assessment time. You know, they were able to really see what the students were getting, what they were understanding with, uh, and where, of course, you know, they needed to to steer their own teaching, what they needed uh, to help the students on, so on and so forth, right? So it was a pretty good idea that they had, provided a lot more teacher attention, a lot more formative assessment, which is so invaluable, and it was really kind of a neat idea to have the students access their lectures off-premise, I guess, uh, for homework, and then to kind of come in with that knowledge to be able to jump right in with both feet to the good stuff, the engaging activities. Uh, you know, it was a great idea. It's something that I think a lot of teachers around the country could, uh, you know, get their hands on. A lot of college professors are doing it right now. They're, they're uh, making podcasts of their lectures so students can access it outside the classroom. As far as what the level that these two chemistry teachers in Colorado took it, it's a great idea, but unfortunately, I, I personally see kind of an accessibility problem. Making the lectures offline a requirement 
or excuse me, online out of classroom requirement, I think you're going to run into a snag. For example, uh, at the public high school that I work in, we ha- it's a large school, and we have an even ever-growing number of new Americans that come to our school. And these folks are arriving with very little English, oftentimes, sometimes none at all, uh, and oftentimes they're carrying refugee status. And when you put those uh, elements together, it, it's there's not a lot of internet access at home for some of these students, and and even for some students who have been here uh, a long time and speak fluent English, they might not have internet access at home, uh, which can lead to a problem. Now I understand that you know the public library has internet access, the school has internet access, but you're going to start running into a time crunch with some of this stuff and, and transportation and, and some of these issues that you know might not make it accessible for the students. And so if they're supposed to have gotten this instruction at home and then they come in to school and there's no real instruction provided, we're supposed to be expected to know this information ahead of time. You know, if you lose one or two, that's one or two too many, right? You know, they, there should be some level or some balance, I guess, of instruction in the classroom. And if you're going to do, you know, podcasts of your lectures and supplemental material, which is a great idea, I I feel as though it should be just that. It should be supplemental. And, uh, you know, if they need the lecture again, they can access it online afterwards. Fantastic. I think that's going to help them uh, solidify the concepts. If you're struggling, you have that all right there. It's going to be great for special ed teachers to be able to access that when they're working with their students and trying to put together what they learned in school. Boom, they've got the lecture right there online. It can be, I think, incredibly powerful. And even if you're not, you know, le- podcasting your entire lecture, you know, I think that there's certainly other avenues that you can go down with some of this technology. Uh, some of the things that jump to my mind, uh, maybe like a week in review. Uh, to what where the students are learning, what they're studying, the concepts they're studying, maybe a walkthrough to some of their assignments. Uh, it can certainly help a struggling student. If you go back to using those New Americans as examples where they're learning English, and you know you assign a reading of a primary source document, Martin Luther King's speech, for example, and you know you present it to them in just a written page, it's going to be hard for them to kind of go through and understand what it means. Whereas if you have a podcast of you know, you reading the speech at kind of a good pace and maybe stopping periodically to explain what it is that they read, it, it can help not only students who are learning English, but struggling readers and, you know, sometimes uh, even people who are fluent in English, you know, just to be able to help understand what it is that you're, that you're teaching. So as a, as a great, uh, you know, sort of supplement, as a great way to reinforce your concepts, I think would be really good. And, and that's just from the teacher's perspective, from the student's perspective. I mean, what a way for assessment. And what a way for a student to demonstrate, you know, their knowledge, especially these millennial students who love the technology and would love to be able to record their findings, put their reports down, record them, and then put them on the web to access. So when they get home, they say, Mom, Dad, look what I, look what I did. And here, let's, let's pull this up right on the web right now. And, and how cool to get, you know, an iTunes channel for your for your class so they can these kids can go on iTunes where they get all that darn rap music they listen to and now boom here's their here's their report on Gandhi that they can download put on their iPod and and play for their parents and play for their friends i mean i th- i think it would be incredibly empowering for some of the students to be able to have that access and again uh when as we're sort of going through this and as i was sort of reading about the different ways people use this tool you know the idea of how easy is this to do how 
realistic is it to do these types of podcasts? Well, what I found is that it's easier than you would think. You know, I'm doing this here in my living room, you know, uh, entirely free. You know, there's a lot of these websites where you can record, publish your podcast, put them online with really just a few clicks. Uh, there's a little bit of setup involved with some of these things. You got to kind of make an account, you know, sort of design your profile, whatever. But then once that initial front end work is done, you can just go through, make a couple clicks with your mouse, and and start recording right away. And, uh, the longest time is actually sort of sitting here rambling into the microphone. This is where it really kind of eats up your time. But but it, it's completely free of charge. Uh, you can produce them and publish them, and and the students can access them right away, and they can access them very fairly easy. Uh, I mean, it, it just seems as though the uh, uses for the, for the podcast can be can be pretty pretty important. Uh, so I, I put a couple links down at the bottom of couple websites that were uh, some of these podcast making and publishing websites that I think everyone can access at any point and I think they can pick it up from the get-go uh, at any level of technology uh, literacy I think anyone could do so anyway uh, sorry to bore you with this for so long and I hope you found it certainly not entertaining but maybe kind of useful and uh, again I appreciate you stopping by the Criggs blog, and I look forward to seeing everybody very soon. So thank you all very much, and have a great day.